ravage love. Rocking around the Christmas tree. It's Naughty Noel number four. Hi, Julie. Joyeux Noel! <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> well, it's Christmas Day. We got to wish the people well. I am wonderful. I love Christmas. I love this time of year. So I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Uh, I mean, given this is probably Christmas Day, this is coming out, I would suspect that I'm exhausted. Uh, my children have likely woken me up at three in the morning. Um, I probably went to bed at two in the morning with last minute wrapping and tidying. Um, and I'm going to be really burnt out by the end of the day. But fuck me if I don't love Christmas. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it every year. It's like when you're like young and you're, you drank too much and you're hungover and you're barfing and you're like, I'll never drink again. And then the next weekend comes and you're like, gimme, gimme, gimme. That's why I'm with Christmas every year. I'm like, fuck this. It's too much work. And then when it's over, I'm like, can't wait for next year. Yeah. So I'm a sucker for punishment. Yeah, and 2020 has just been, like, a harsh reminder of bad hangovers because, you know, we really struggled around the world to get hand sanitizer, so everything just smells like a bad tequila night. And uh, mm. that's just a vibe for this year. But I'm hoping maybe, you know, maybe Santa Claus will leave a little, you know, uh, you know, what is it, like, what's the good hand sanitizer? That's what I want. Oh, some Purell? <laughs> Yeah, Purell, Purell, yes. I have two bottles I found after the pandemic, and they just, like, live on my person. But if Santa Claus wanted to come down my chimney and put, you know, some some Purell in my stocking, that'd be all right. And that's not even a euphemism. I'm like, I want Purell, please. (laughs) I was thinking Purex. I'm like, no, that's toilet paper that I had to get in line for. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Crushing it on the hand sandy game, not so much on the TV. (laughs) 2020 <laughs> well it's because my house is so old like nothing flushes down the toilet so we have to get specific toilet paper or it won't go down and then listen we had to use like a like a bucket for our toilet paper it was it was bleak for us this year oh wow okay bleak. yeah i will get in line for what i need yeah no you shame. know what I, I support that but let's just hope you can leave that behind in 2020 let's just hope that 2021 brings um better tp supplies and less um just desperation but let's just wash our hands of 2020 with soap and water fuck you hand sanitizer <laughs> fuck you <laughs> <laughs> well i'm excited for this week's episode because my book was so delightful and might be one of the best books I've read this entire, not just the entire pandemic, but the whole time we've had a podcast. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, bud. It's been amazing. So I'm going to tell you all about it. Tell me. I'm ready. It was called American Christmas, a dreamer's holiday novella. Now for folks who aren't familiar, dreamers is under the Dreamers Act in the U.S. Uh, and it refers to um, like young people who arrive here, um, who arrive here and not here to the U.S. Um, and, you know, don't have necessarily the documentation, but end up sort of becoming um, citizens in the U.S. or not and having to contend with that. So, Renee, let me tell you the bio of this woman and you'll be like, why are we not best friends with her? 
Okay. So it was written by a woman named Adriana Herrera, and she was born and raised in the Caribbean, but for the last 15 years has left her has let her job and her spouse take her all over the world. She loves writing stories about people who look and sound like her people getting unapologetic happy endings. Aww. So love that. And what is her day job, Renee? Oh, She's a trauma therapist for sexual violence and <gasps> domestic violence survivors in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. She's us. She's yeah. us. She's Get us in New York. <laughs> oh, so good. And this book came just came out. So it just came out in November. And what I love is, I'm not gonna lie to you, like people who've created art this year, I love it. People who took the pandemic as a time to create art. I love it. But I especially love people who created art that has nothing to do with the fucking pandemic. And that just gets us to like transport us to a time before this nightmare began. And that's what this book is. And I'm so delighted. So American Christmas. Here we go. First of all, the cover. Very sweet. Could easily be like a Hallmark movie. Um, Two beautiful men just like kissing under a Christmas tree. Like, oof. Oof. It's so good. So, Yin and Ari are a lovey-dovey, super adorable couple that live together in a tiny little apartment. And both of them are dreamers. Um, Yin came with his sisters and his young and his family when he was young from a refugee camp. Um, and Ari came here uh, sponsored by an uncle, but ended up in a detention center for over a year. So they became friends through their community, their, their queer community in Ithaca, New York. Um, and they, uh, Yin pursued Ari pretty hard, but it took a couple years of their friendship before Ari admitted like, okay, let's try this. So they're both hard workers, full-time students. They've been accepted, uh, to go to, uh, university in Syracuse. Yin is going to be a nurse and are like it's just like Ari's going to law school like it's just it's so good it's they're just beautiful ambitious hard-working dudes who agreed that this was their first Christmas so they just moved in together this is their first Christmas and they agreed no more than a hundred dollars on gifts we don't want to blow our budget you know we're moving soon we're starting school we're working hard and then you kind of find out about their stories so you know Ari like I said was sponsored by an uncle who was generous enough to let him stay there but was he suspected homophobic um so they kind of had to sneak around and his uncle really made him feel like he owed him a lot and so Ari always felt indebted to everyone and just doesn't like asking for help Yin his experience of growing up in a refugee camp made him very YOLO very carpe diem very like let's suck the marrow out of life um so one of them is really like let's do this and the other one's more reserved and they're just like a great couple and they're adorable. It's this whole thing about they're adorably kind of sneaking off to buy each other their last minute gifts. And you find out that both of them definitely blew the budget over $100. And they're both worried <laughs> that they went like, and then one of them's like, oh my God, I think I got too much and it's going to make him feel bad. And then the other one is like, oh, I think I got him too much and he's going to feel bad. So it's like this very cute and all of their friends, there's a whole cast of characters. There's a one friend who's like a drag queen who um like helps them and then there's like like just like just so great like a real community of of fellow immigrant queer people who just like come to their rescue and come to like just community chosen family so yeah yeah 
Yeah, so Ari is obsessed with soccer and is going, uh, got accepted to this like really prestigious soccer camp. And so Yin's present to him is this really expensive, fancy soccer equipment that Ari wants, but like could would never justify. Meanwhile, Ari blew the budget getting Yin a whole weekend experience in New York City, uh, got tickets to Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton on Broadway orchestra seats got him like sick hotel reservations, sick restaurant reservations. Like he's like, I blew the budget and I'm going to give Yin the like gay New York experience that he's always wanted. <laughs> and and then Yin is like, I'm going to give Ari this like he got him tickets to his uh, so- soccer camp and all the equipment and everything. Well, um, and so anyway, so meanwhile, this is going on and it's just so sweet. They're like chatting with their friends and they're all nervous. Then they like, oh, they fuck, but it's like beautiful and like hot, but also really beautiful. And you could tell they're just, oh, they're just perfect for each other. Well, then Christmas morning comes. They start the day off with a little bit of sex in as you should every Christmas morning. And then they do the gift exchange and they're both so moved by each other's presence, but then realize, fuck we just fucked ourselves because Ari bought him. Yeah. Ari bought tickets to Hamilton at the same week that (gasps) Yin bought him the stuff to go to his soccer (sighs) camp. And then they're both like, Oh no, we can't like one of us has to sacrifice or we're both fucked. And so they have a bit of a tiff because Yin feels like he was lied to because he was like, you know, you told me you were going to this soccer camp. And then Ari's like, well, I didn't feel like I could justify spending the money and I'd rather spend the money on you. And Yin's like, don't, you know, it's okay to be selfish sometimes. And Yin and then Ari, like, they're just like, but what I loved, Renee, like loved, and I mean this in an earnest way, <laughs> is they had this fight and then Ari's like, I just need to get some air and leaves. And in a typical romance, or just honestly, typical fiction, it would be the big climax of the movie is this big fight. And then one of them dramatically being like, we can't be together. You know what I mean? Like, just like this overblown tension. And she makes it very clear throughout that they are very aware that this is not the end of their relationship. Like, this is not a make or break situation. It's just an unfortunate situation that speaks to how we don't communicate well and speaks to the fact that we both feel like we're not deserving of each other's loves and so we don't get to ask for the things that we want. Right? So, like, it's a romance and there's tension, but it's so beautifully sort of like, how do I come to terms with my own trauma and how it plays out in a relationship instead of being like, oh my God, like running through the streets, like we're never going to be perfect for each other. So anyway, so they go to their respective friends and kind of cry it out and sort of be like, oh, what do I do? And then finally Ari comes back to the apartment and he's like, you know what? Um, we're just going to go to New York. We're just going to do it. We're just, and then he's like, no, no, let's just accept the loss, be bummed out. But like, neither of us are going to do what we're going to do. Um, and we'll just, you know, try to get refunds where we can and move forward. Well, if the fucking community doesn't rally around them, shows up, shows up, I was in my feelings. I fucking also, so think, so they, their whole family is like, shows up and they're all disheveled and everyone's like, what's, you know. And they're like, sorry, sorry, we're just like, you know, having this day and, you know, we weren't ready. Oh, yeah, I know we came a little bit early, but whatever, it's fine. Don't worry, like get dressed, do your thing. And then they're all like, "Uh, so we got a present for you. So 
they got them tickets. So they got him into an even better <gasps> soccer camp that is close to home and a different date. Then they gave up some tickets that they had to spend New York in to go to spend New Year's Eve in New York at this fancy ball. And here's my ticket for my hotel reservation. Have it. You can take it. And then I'll take your trip that you're doing later. So Ari gets to go to soccer camp. An even better soccer camp. Yin gets to have his like gay old time in Hamilton. Gets to see Hamilton. Gets to go to New York. Gets to have this fancy swanky ball. And it's all because their chosen queer immigrant dreamer friends rally together. And we're like, you are deserving of good things in life community will always be there for you there's an epilogue where they go to new york and they're having this fancy time and they're like overseeing new york and they're just like what is our life like we don't deserve this and then yin was like yeah you do deserve it and then ari was like you do too babe done oh i am so clamped right now renee it, it like put me in my feelings it was so it was so beautiful it was extremely well written like it was, I don't know if she's queer. She says spouse throughout her stuff, but a lot of her books are queer, so I'm, I don't want to assume that she is queer, but it definitely read as like someone who actually understands queer community because there was like kind of mentions of like people being certain ways, but not in this overdramatic, like, oh, the over-effeminate gay man. It was like just beautiful and the relationship dynamic felt very authentic. And like I said, the tension that was there, but it wasn't this make or bake dramatic thing, which I feel like people need more of in the world because that's why people are so conflict averse because they think I have one argument with my partner and they're going to leave me, you know, but to have it be like, this is not like both of us had good intentions. We just fucked up. Oh, and the sex was there and it was spicy and it was beautiful. And there was explicit conversation of consent. There was explicit conversation around condom usage. There was like, oh, people processing their trauma. There was like, <laughs> so I'm giving it five out of five hot cinnamon flavored lube. And the reason being <laughs> is there's a Christmas party that they go to where they do one of those like, I don't know what they're called. They called it white elephant in here. I'd never yeah. heard that term before, but but it's like where you purposely buy shitty Christmas gifts and then you have to like steal them from people. And it's like a whole, yeah, yeah. I've done it at Christmas parties before. It's very fun. And the like hot prize that everyone wanted was this like cinnamon hot lube that they end up using and think is delicious. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, sex was spicy. There was lube, there was condoms, there was consent. I was here for it. There was like explicit mention of like, I know the way that he likes to be touched because I pay attention and like, oh, ay, ay, ay. Five out of five, hot cinnamon lube for the delightful American Christmas by Adriana Herrera. Cannot recommend it enough. I love that. I love that so much. It was so good. It was like, it had everything I loved. It was like realistic. It was hot. Like it was funny. Like the banter was really funny. Um, Yeah, like the plot is kind of contrived. It's like a novella about people fucking up their Christmas presents, but like, the plot was a thousand times better than any Hallmark movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and like the dialogue was realistic and funny. Um, and she just like brought these two characters to life and I was rooting for them the whole time. And like when that community rallied together, I was like, Whew! and the big critique that has come out this year, which I fucking love is like, you know, that Kristen Stewart gay Christmas movie came out. And did you watch it? I did last weekend. I loved it. Okay. So I, mean, I-, I have feelings about it, but there was a lot about it. I liked 
Yeah, so one of the big critiques of it is that so many queer stories, the whole tension in the story is one of them is closeted. Yeah. Right? And that's like a really heteronormative way to look at a queer romance. <laughs> um, and so I loved it in this book. It was the tension wasn't like, oh, my family doesn't know I'm out. Like there was no conversation about you know, when I was out or being out, it was just like, we are people, this is our community. Our families are here in a limited way because of shitty immigration policies. So we created our own community and they rallied around us and yay. There was no gay bashing. There was no, you know what I mean? It was just like queer people exist and they have a Christmas. Ta-da. Spectacular. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, tell me, what, <laughs> <laughs> what did you read, Renee? So my story was not at all realistic in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> I read Elf on Myself by <laughs> Jacqueline Fay. <laughs> oh, that is fucking... I'm already obsessed. I'm uh, already obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Elf on Myself. And just... She opens her book with this dedication, which I think... You know I, I just... I gotta read it. Okay. <laughs> This one goes out to my inspiration, White Claw Mango. <laughs> Ain't no law when you're drinking the claw. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Ooh, so am I. <laughs> so my story is actually a reverse harem story, which I haven't read any harem stories or reverse harem. So I wasn't really sure what that meant. Um, but for our listeners at home, harem, you know, and I guess like the traditional movie sense is like a man with multiple wives reverse harem is a woman with multiple partners um in this case they're elves so ivy ivy is the prime elf in this situation so at the north pole um santa has different kind of levels of elves and the primes are all female elves who oversee kind of a department of manufacturing and in this case ivy is part of a sextet so she has five elf partners and they are like this cohesive unit that build toys and like support each other and it's super loving and they take care of each other's needs like whatever that looks like you know whether it's like physical or emotional they're just like this really positive loving unit and i'm like cool here for this so and because she's a female elf, she doesn't have to make anything. She just is the boss. She's in charge. And um, she is like kind of like the glue that holds this little community of elves together. So um, it's Christmas time. The elves are just like totally overworked because they have this like new uh, like robot machine toy to make. And one of the elves, his name's Glimmer. He's also a creator. So typically all elves are tinkerers. Um, but he's also a creator, which means that he invents toys. So he invented this like monstrosity robot thing and everybody's really mad at him, but whatever, they're getting it done. But the mood of the North Pole right now is kind of like dull. You know, everybody's feeling really like tired, overworked. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as it happens, it's actually because they're really low in magic. So they're kind of trying to get everything, you know, finished and then, Ivy spots Glimmer kind of tinkering on something that's not what he's supposed to be working on. So she's like, hey, buddy, like what you do? And he's like, well, nothing, nothing. And it turns out that he's working on her Boxing Day gift. And she's like, okay, well, like, 
what is it? Like, why don't you show me? And so um, they're taking a break and he does show her. He pulls out this little contraption, which turns out to be um, a magical vibrator, mm-hmm. uh, which he has called the Holly Jolly Christmas. And the Holly Jolly Christmas responds to Christmas songs. So he's made this toy specifically for Ivy and she goes to like, strap it on her leg. And then when he sings, Oh, come all ye faithful, then it like molds to her body. And then you have to like hum jingle bells to get it going. And then you hum the little drummer boy. Um, and then um, to get it to stop, you have to say like, um, I'm having a blue Christmas without you. And then it stops. So that's, that's important to this story because it's going to save Christmas, Julie. So after this little experience with the Holly Jolly Christmas, Ivy gets called into a meeting with all the other primes and Santa Claus and Santa is just like fucking done. Like he's exhausted. He's, you know, so he, he pulls, he pulls his primes into a meeting and he says, look, he's like, this is the sitch. There is not enough, um, belief in magic to give us the power we need to deliver toys around the world. Santa being like a spirit or whatever has made an oath that he has to deliver toys to all the good boys and girls of the world. But because of the increase in population and, um, you know, things like technology that the toys, like the demand for toys has become really, you know, huge, but also, um, kids are not as, you know, they're not really deeply like they're not, they don't really have a deep belief in magic anymore. And part of that is because like, you know, people used to just get toys that would show up and that was kind of what fueled their ma- their belief in magic. But because like, you know, times change and people have more money, parents are also giving toys. And so um, children are less inclined to believe that uh, Santa Claus is real and magic is real. So then they grow up to be adults who then pass on kind of the same idea to their own children. So magic is at an all time low. So Santa puts it to the primes and he says, look, um, if anybody has any ideas, like I'm I need to hear whatever you got. Um, They also call him the Santa, which I thought was (laughs) really cool. And they replace a lot of words with elf as well as we'll learn. So um, Ivy returns to her sextet and she's like, this is the situation. Like, do we have any ideas when Glimmer says, well, you know, the Holly Jolly Christmas doesn't run on batteries or electricity. It runs on magic. And she's like, well, how did you do that when we're so low on magic? And he's like, well, I went to the library and I researched that there's other types of magic. And she's like, well, how do you know that? And he's like, well, I went to the restricted section. So turns out there's all different kinds of magic. One of them being sex magic and sex magic, as it turns out is actually way more plentiful and uh, accessible than belief in magic because you don't need to have, sex to make sex magic you can masturbate so they decide that they are going to mass produce the holly jolly christmases and that they're going to try to um deliver it to everybody around the world but ivy isn't totally convinced at this point so then glimmer reveals actually he has already done some recon to see if this is really something that they can do and he did this by making a porno website to see if he could harness the sex magic through that. And he calls it itouchmyelf.com. And at itouchmyelf.com, it's videos of the sextet 
And Ivy's pissed because, like, one, he didn't ask permission or consent. But then she it turns out, like, she's super into it, but not super thrilled that he did this without her permission or the permission of the group. So it turns out people are super into, like, elves fucking. Um, so they're able to harness some of that uh, sex magic through the website. And Ivy is then convinced. She's like, okay, let's do this thing. So they make a whole bunch of these vibrators and they decide that <clears throat> on Cyber Monday, they are going to deliver vibrators to every mother on the planet. And I was like, right on. We need it. Um, <laughs> yes. But they can't tell Santa because Santa Claus, the Santa, is a symbol of purity. And they feel that he would not be okay with them using sex magic to save Christmas. But they all agree that it has to be done, you know, because Santa will literally disappear if they don't save Christmas. <laughs> so one of the problems they have is that they need a way to d distribute all of these vibrators, all these dildos to everybody. And they're going to need a sleigh. And they can't tell Santa. So, um... Ivy and her sextet decide that she's going to go talk to the Herdmaster. And the Herdmaster is the only human in the North Pole. And his name is Sven. And Sven was just kind of found a long time ago. And Santa took him in and gave him like a home. Um, and, uh, but he's never, he's been like with the reindeer this whole time. And people age really slowly in the North Pole. So it could be that he's been there for like a hundred years. We don't know. But Ivy and her sextet um, have agreed that if she needs to seduce him to get this to happen, that she has their blessing. They're all rooting for her and, you know, not to do anything she doesn't want to do, but like, you know, they're real horny. So it doesn't matter. Um, so she goes over to Sven and she's like, Hey buddy, um, we need, we need the sleigh. This is the reason he's like, no, no, no. Like I can't, I can't do anything without Santa's permission. And she's like, look, she's like, if we don't do this, like we can't, like we can't save Christmas and Santa and Christmas will be forever gone. And so she does bang him, but in the process of banging him, um, she falls in love with him. They fall in love, which is really beautiful because Sven has never had a family other than the reindeer. And so he's on board. He's like, yeah, but she's like really tiny and he's really big. Like she's like not even four feet tall and he's like a human sized human. So like it's it's a tough fit, but they make it happen and they love it. So Sven knows how to um, drive the sleigh because he's had to like test drive it. But they have to use um, different reindeer because the regular reindeer need to be with Santa Claus. So um, they strap this like gizmo full of the sex magic to the sleigh to help fly it. Um, and... Um, they call their delivery run the Merry Clitmas. <laughs> and um, the capacitor that's full of the magic makes the reindeer really horny. And they're all male reindeer and they all fuck each other. And she's like, that was awful. And I was like, that didn't need to be in the book, but all right. So they take off. Their first stop is none of it. There's like no bad kids in Canada. They make a point of mentioning that, which I was like, yes. That's right. Um, <laughs> classic. Um, which means there's no like bad. There's no naughty moms. Um, even though, like, their sex toy list is called the naughty list. It's not really, like, they're not really naughty. So, anyway, they make it all the way over to Europe. Um, but then the capacitor starts to run out of juice. And they're like, shit, what are we going to do? Well, it falls to Ivy to fuel up the sleigh. So, they pull out the um, Holly Jolly Christmas, which they've now uh, named Elf on Myself. 
which is a better name for a dildo. Um, And they strap her up to it and she just comes Christmas spirit all over the sleigh. And um, she's there with like her whole crew, including the like um, Sven, like the herd master. And they're all just like supporting her and loving her as she's getting banged um, by this toy and by Glimmer. And then she gets she gets fucked so hard in the sleigh um, that she is able to fill the tank with with sex magic. But she passes out and then she wakes up in Santa Claus's bed and she's like, oh, shit, he figured it out. And so Santa comes to talk to her and he's like, you know, it was really surprising to see your name pop up on my naughty list last night. But it turns out she was on the naughty list because she stole the sleigh, not because she's like fucking all the elves and stuff and distributing sex toys. Um, But she saves Christmas and Santa takes her outside and he's like, have you ever, did you remember when it used to be lit up like this? And she's like, I don't. He's like, it's because you're so young, but you did this Ivy. And so you're getting promoted to the apex prime, which means she's the prime of the primes. And then Santa adds Sven to her little sextet and they become a septet. Oh and then God. Glimmer gets promoted to head librarian and chief creator. And then Sven, Santa's like, Sven, you, you know, you help too. Like, do you want anything? And he's like, no, he's like, you gave me a family. And it's just a happy ending. Everybody's orgasming. They saved Christmas. Sven has a family. And Ivy is the apex prime. And it was surprisingly darling. <laughs> it is. It, it sounds. Was a, it's a surprisingly darling story. Even all the sex, like, it was, it was sweet. And it's not just because they're elves and they're probably literally made of candy. Like, it was just sweet um, lovemaking for them. And I loved it. But... Um, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't go through all the different words they used for genitals. Absolutely. Here we go. Sugar shack. Naughty list. Pudding for vagina. Mm. Butter for butthole. Um, my gift box. Yule logs. And that's on our bingo. Oh. Yeah. Candy cane. Uh, creamsicle. Elf nog. Tower of terror, which is for Sven. Eclair, and that was for her pudding, not for um, a Tower of Terror. Open Present, Valley, and Candy Stick. And like I mentioned, they replace a lot of parts of words with elf. So there's elf ejaculated, elf exploded, <laughs> elf gasmed. <clears throat> um, yeah, it, you know what? It was it was a fun little read. It was spicy. I'll say it's spicy. It was kind of spicy. It, I'll give it five out of five peppermints. It was pretty okay. spicy. Okay. Um, and it was like, it. I have feelings about kind of polyamorous type things. But in the context of this story, it was it was lovely. Like they they all loved each other. It was all equal. They all understood that Ivy was in charge and they all respected her boundaries and like always asked for consent and things like that. Um, and always explained to her what they wanted to do to her. And she got to like give permission or not. Um, which I thought was just really lovely. It was just a yeah. lovely little story. And then they were, they didn't deliver sex toys to the fathers of the world. So I was just like, good, good on you. Thank you. I wish I got this for Christmas. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a good what, one. um, 
How long was it? And is it? Yeah. How long is it? Uh, I think it was like 40 pages or less. Wasn't okay. long. Okay. Wasn't long. Yeah. And were um, you able to find more stuff by that author? Like, is yeah, that their she vibe? Has, she, yeah. She does a lot of like magic stories. Uh, Tale of Two Kitties, Reverse Harem Academy, Tale of Woe, but it's like W-O-A-H. There's like a lot of, they're all reverse harems, which I'm like here for. There's some vampire ones. There's some witch ones. It's all magical reverse harems and um, I'm here for it. Yeah, it was like, like no part of me hates that. No. So and that's actually right. I was trying really hard to find um, a Scrooge book, which is how I found this. And it turns out she's actually, she's written another book with a group of people called Let's Scrooge. And it was like, a, it was a Scrooge <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. I just really wanted I was looking for either like a ghost of Christmas book or um, a Scrooge book all kind of together. And I found this. She has one called Succubus Soccer Mom, which (laughs) I'm here for. Anyway, I loved it. It was a fun little story. Um, They really just like used candy to its fullest um, double entendre for this story. Um, It was good. You know I love a sweet treat. I know you do. I know you do. Um, So what are you going to read us? I'm going to read the first time she uses the Holly Jolly Christmas before it's called the um, Elf on Myself. Okay. So here we go. Okay. He was grinning at me and I gave him a shy smile until his eyes darted down to my exposed panties, begging me to look at my gift. I did. Glimmer, what is that? Your new toy. That's a toy? May not be suitable for children. Only you, he giggled. When you're ready, whisper, Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful. The strap encircled my thighs, tightened as the elf-shaped bobble between them pressed against my naughty list. Uh, what does it do? Sing jingle bells. Dashing through the snow. No, just, just jingle bells. Jingle bells? <clears throat> a low hum hit my sensitive ears before I first felt the vibrations in my gift box. Throwing my head back, a tiny moan escaped my lips. The other four left their work benches to gather around. Five sets of eyes burning holes between my legs excited me almost as much as the steady thrumming against my snowflake-printed panties. Oh. Oh. Are you ready, Glimmer grinned wickedly. It does more, I managed to stammer. He lifted his hands, conducting an imaginary orchestra, humming the beginning of The Little Drummer Boy. Then his voice, much deeper than any of the others, belted out the words, Come, they told me, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. The bobble flattened, molded itself against me. My panties shifted to the side, exposing my wisp of silvery tinsel to the widening eyes of the elves before me as the piece elongated and spread my lips, a nub circling up inside me, sending shivers of pleasure all through me. Oh, Christmas tree, I managed to groan as I flopped back against the back of the workbench, my legs shivering as my vision tunneled. It was beyond anything I'd ever experienced before, even under the the ministrations of five elves. What is it doing to her, Glitter asked with rapt fascination. Rocking around her Christmas tree, Glimmer answered with glee. Their voices were fading away at the first elfgasm began to build somewhere in my chest. The longer the toy ran, the harder it began to buzz. When I finally came, Glimmer's toy sounded more like a blender than a buzzer. Fudge, I groaned and started shaking on the table like an epileptic reindeer. Except I didn't say fudge. There was a collective gasp from the boys as the obscenity flew from my lips. Holy Christmas, Glimmer, make it flocking stop. 
Another elfgasm forced me to flop on my side, panting against the workbench and thrusting my hips awkwardly. Two of them surged forward to loosen the straps, but Glimmer stopped them with a hand on their shoulders. Wait, I need feedback! He stepped around them and put his face closer to mine, ignoring the spittle that was showering him as my insides began to churn like butter. Is there anything wrong with it? Anything you would like to it changed? Should I make it stronger? Are you elfin kidding me right now? Shut it off! The third elfgasm made me black out for a second before I flopped back on my back and began pawing at the damn thing, pounding my pudding, trying to get an inch, <laughs> trying to get an inch in between it and me. <clears throat> my eyes started rolling up in my head as I kicked out, catching Glimmer in the chest and throwing him to the floor, sliding towards the door. Finally, I managed to slip a hand down the front of it, the piece curving inside me slipping between my fingers. It squelched some of the vibrations as it began to mutter reindeer names, trying to focus on anything but the pleasure. Glimmer sang, I'll have a blue Christmas without you, and the thing finally stopped. My head hit the bench as visions of sugar plums danced in my head. And that's, uh, Elf on Myself. I... I'm really proud of you because you hate a pun. And yet you yeah. chose this book with a dad joke right in the title. And I'm really proud of you. I don't know if Thank it's because so it's your first year with an elf on a shelf that you've really had to lean into it. But I'm really proud of your personal growth. Thank you so much. Um, there was also a 69 scene between Ivy Prime and Sven the Human. Um, which was a little weird for me. But you know, what? it was so tender that I didn't grimace. Oh my I didn't god, do it. I didn't growth. Personal I growth, Renee. I know. I'm so proud of myself. Um As you should be. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm gonna take things into a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read you an extremely earnest scene in, in this book that I thought was so beautiful. Um, and just like a really good indication of the vibe of this book. So at this part, they've exchanged gifts. They realize, oh, we borked this up real bad. And so they're each kind of venting to a friend, trying to figure out a solution and what to do. So Yin is um, hanging out with Patrice, who lives in the apartment, like the condo right above them. So they just went and were like, oh, help me. Ari is talking to uh, Patrice about Yin. <clears throat> it was the greatest thing love had done for me too that yin had done his joy and the way he loved me so openly so unafraid had changed me i could be myself with yin like i could not be with anyone else and i'd forgotten that in the past few months i don't know why it's so hard to put myself first i've worked on this stuff with my therapist too i'd been working through the way i deal with things my need to always prove that i was earning my right to be wherever i was so much of my life since i'd arrived in the states felt like i had to show i was worthy of being here it wasn't easy day in and day out to hear that we weren't wanted. Maybe some of that snuck into my relationship with Yin too. Maybe I still didn't quite believe I deserved everything I had. Patrice sighed and leaned closer, his eyes full of understanding. These things sneak up on us. It's some of that underlying racial trauma of being men who live in the bodies that we do. It's hard to see the news sometimes and not falter in believing we're worth what we know we are. There's so much out there sending us a different message, but we can't let them strip from us our joy and our dreams, our right to have someone who looks at us like we are the most important thing in the world, to let ourselves believe that we can be that. He smiled again, and this one was his big brother smile, the one he would flash me when he was about to give me a pep talk. I've learned so much from you, Ari. I scoffed, but his scowl shut that down. No, don't do that. It's true. You're so determined, you're doing big things all the time, but you don't have to prove yourself to us. We love you, and we're proud of you. 
My breath caught and I felt the tears trying to choke me. I knew that was true, but fuck, it was so hard sometimes to truly let it sink in. It would break me if I turned out not to be true. It's so stupid. I know Yin loves me, but it's like I have to keep showing him that I deserve it, you know? It's like I'm always needing to remind him I'm the guy that he wants. Patrice got up then and opened up his arms, flexing them in a beckoning gesture. Come on, let's hug it out. He looked so aggrieved at not at hearing himself actually offer to engage in PDA, I laughed again, but I went to him because I needed it. I'm tired, I said as he thumped my back with his massive hand. Being a black man in this world with the audacity to strive for happiness can be exhausting at times. I pulled back then and was met by Patrice's dark brown gaze. But we deserve it, and we're lucky enough to have people in our lives who are willing to hit us upside the head on occasion to keep us on that path. A watery laugh escaped me at that. You've earned the right to be a little selfish, and you have a man who not only knows that, but is willing to fight your stubborn ass about it when necessary. So now all you have to do is let him. <sighs> How fucking beautiful is that shit? That's so beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it, and I love that it's their men. Right? Oh. <laughs> right that they're like men who are just being in their feelings and like talking about their trauma and like and like just supporting each uh, other. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and just being like let's just like hug it out and like let's just be in our feelings and it's okay and this is bringing up a lot of stuff for you and na 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 like oh ay 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 loves it loves it. So, yeah, that was American Christmas, a multicultural Christmas romance. I highly recommend you pick it up if you want. It's very short. I think it was like 100 pages or something. So it's truly a novella. Oh, okay. um, but it was just a really delightful Christmas story that, yeah, if you love a good Hallmark, like, bring me my feelings. Um, I have a feeling that this author is going to deliver time and time again. And she has a whole series called the Dreamer series. So if you're particularly interested in stories of immigrant and refugee folks, then Adriana Herrera is your gal. And I will absolutely be reading more of her stuff. Oh, so that's me. I love it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Oh, what a great Joy year. Noel. Yes, yeah. what a great year. We have one more episode to give you folks before we uh, take a break and then launch into our third season in February. Um, but we do have one more episode for you. New Year's Day, we will have a brand new episode for you. So we're here for you, friends. Um, don't forget, pull up your bingo cards. Um, you know, if you got a bingo, hop in our DMs. And we will uh, send you a little prize. You can download the bingo cards on our Instagram and our Twitter. And mm. if you, yeah, if any of the things that we said today add up to a bingo, slide in the DMs. And the first people to do that will get a little treat. Yeah. And thank you to everybody who came out to our watch party last week in our Instagram live. And for those of you who didn't, um, go treat yourselves and go check out Julie's uh, beautiful homage to the Colonel, um, which is on our Instagram page or on Julie's Instagram page. I sent it to my mom. Oh, thank you so much. I really had... Oh, did you? What did she say? <laughs> she, was she a fan? Loved it. I mean, all she I want is your mother's love and adoration. Yeah, she was uh, honestly like, so did she have all that around the house? I'm like, she did, mom. And I told her about like how like had 
eyelash glue holding all that cotton on and she's like oh the poor thing i was like she did it to herself why do you feel bad for her like this is her look so honestly though i i mean she's not wrong because i was full of regret because i did grow the biggest zit on my eyebrow oh, no. from all the eyelash glue <laughs> yeah. you know it what? looks she like it's like right in the middle of my forehead i'm like great oh she loved your outfit and then gave me heat for the color of my hair i was like ma like are you for real what? right now yeah she's like it's your hair yeah, really yeah. green i'm like yes yes it is she's and like, it's oh. been and green like, for a while yeah yeah, exactly. And she's like, I was like, so you love this kernel drag <laughs> and my green hair is the problem. So anyway, my, you know what? The, the, at the end of the day, my mother loves you more than me. And that's just, it's fair. It's fair. Like, how could she not? You're an angel. Oh, oh man. That's a lot of pressure. Thank hey, you. She gave you a fur coat, not me. I mean, it's true. And she does. I do, did for years get a lot of hummus from her. So mm -hmm. <laughs> if you asked, she would deliver. Oh, that hummus is the shit. I do miss it. Oh, I it. know. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah. And also, if you missed our Instagram live chat last week, you also missed the hot news that the KFC Mario Lopez romance film is now up on YouTube. Yes. So if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's only 15 minutes long. I highly recommend if, uh, you know, if your Christmas plans go a little bit sideways or maybe you dip into the old edibles. Uh, I recommend <laughs> it because it is such a hot mess, but it's like a cheeky hot mess and it was 15 minutes of pure joy. So I highly recommend you go and check that out. Agreed. But um, Merry Christmas, Renee. Merry Christmas, Julie. And thank you, you so for. Much. I love you too. And I'm so sad that you are all the way across the country, but everyone is having a low key Christmas this year. So I take comfort in knowing I'm not alone, but I hope our listeners are having a wonderful Christmas season and we will see you next week with an episode dropping on new year's day, 2021. The future is now. I love it. I love it too. And I love you, Julie. Do you want to sing us out? Sure do buddy. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm.